0: teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day. You heard a little bit about my background. This is not my profession. I don't teach normally. And uh, so when Dr. Fong asked me to teach, I To be honest, I felt a little small. You know, I I felt a little weak, a little unprepared, you know. We have a real diverse group here. We have uh, some retired folks. We have some young seminarians. We have some folks in the middle like me. And uh, I felt a little little unprepared, a little small. I felt a little bit like Agar, actually. And uh, bear with me here. you're not familiar with Agar, he was... uh, who wrote uh, Proverbs 30. And Solomon kind of compiled his, his wisdom. And Agar starts off a bit like me, just very humbled and saying, you know what, I'm not really a good source for wisdom. So if you want wisdom, you need to look at the Word of God because he's the true source of wisdom. Agar said, you know, in comparison with God, I'm just really small. I'm really weak. But God, he's the source. He's the source of wisdom. And then Agar points us to Proverbs thirty twenty four through twenty eight. Proverbs thirty twenty four tells us that there are things that are small that are exceedingly wise. He points to the ant, that they store up food for the winter. And that kind of reminds us that that it's it's important to work hard and to save, to prepare for those seasons of drought. When we have plenty. Agar points to the rock badgers. These are these little creatures here. They're not like the big rock badgers that we have over here in North America. They're small little ones. And they they find their refuge in the rocks. And that kind of reminds us that, you know, these rock badgers, they know where their source of strength is. They know where their source of protection is. Just like we need to know that the Lord is our rock, our strong tower, source of protection. Then Agar points to the locust. He says, they have no king, they have no leader, yet they march all in unison. So the locusts are wise because they know the source of their unity, the source of their strength. And then there's the lizard. And I thought to myself, how strange is this? Why would a lizard be wise? I mean, he points that the lizard can be caught by the hand. In other words, the lizard's really vulnerable, and yet this small, vulnerable thing is found in the presence of kings. It's found in palaces. You know, lizards are really kind of a uh, funny creatures. I, I remember when I first moved to Houston, and I uh, moved into a, a a big mid-rise kind of a hip loft. You know, young professional and. Uh, I move in and it's all concrete around and I look up and there's this lizard on the wall. And I'm like, how on earth did this lizard get up here on the 13th floor? I mean, did it take the elevator up? Did it walk up the stairs? I mean, how on earth did this lizard get up there? Of course, me being a guy, I said, you know, maybe this lizard has a little bit of a purpose here. Maybe it'll eat all the bugs and roaches or whatever else that's crawling around in my apartment. So I just left it alone. I find it really helpful to look at some biblical characters when I'm trying to understand God's word and God's truth. And so I figured today that we would look at three men in the Bible that started off small and yet found themselves in the midst of royalty. It'll be Joseph, it'll be Moses, and finally Paul. So, you all are familiar with the story of Joseph. He started off with a vision, a dream. And he shared that dream with his brothers, and they got rather jealous and sold him into slavery. Uh, and I bet that was a rude awakening for Joseph. And then he was faithful, though, and he was gifted, and he was skilled, and he found favor with his, sl- his slave owner, Potiphar. And yet later on, As you know the story, Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of something. So suffering in prison, in in, in injustice, Joseph still remains faithful. He finds favor with the jailer. And then God does something interesting with Joseph. He utilizes a, a gift, the interpretation of dreams. And this opens the door for Joseph, but not quite right away as he had hoped. It was two years later that suddenly someone he helped with the interpretation of dreams mentioned his name, and Joseph went rapidly from jail into royalty. God positioned him at the right time to be a man of influence to redeem not only his family, but also to help the nation of Egypt through their times of famine. I think there's some lessons, definitely, that we can learn from Joseph. First, he utilized his skills. He was faithful where he was and with what God gave him. And I I think about myself, you know, I'm in my mid-40s, and it took me a long time to get what's called comfortable in my own skin, to know my strengths, to know my weaknesses, to understand what God has given me, and where I need some areas of growth. And it's a bit like Joseph. Joseph knew himself, and he also knew the source, and that God was in control. And he was faithful with the gifts that God had given him. You know, we can learn, first of all, to utilize our gifts and our skills to bring God glory, that God has a purpose right where we are. And also, we can learn that, just like the the badger, the locust, and the lizard, what's remarkable about those things is is that they're unremarkable, right? They're doing what a lizard does. A lizard climbs up the walls and hides in the cracks. A rock badger finds its homes in the rock. Uh, the, The locusts, they fly in unison. They're just being locusts. And perhaps that's what God is calling us to be is just be ourselves with the gifts and the talents that he has given us. Nothing more. Uh, The verses right before, uh, Agar points to things that make the earth tremble. He points to a, a, a servant who becomes a king. So, a slave that becomes a king is unprepared for leadership. It's either going to end in payback or in paralysis, not knowing how to take direct, not knowing how to make the decision. A fool when he is stuffed with food. So, all we, all these things we see in here, you know, a fool is basically somebody who gets something more than what they deserve. It's something that makes the earth tremble. An unloved woman who's married. How heartbreaking is that? And a servant girl who ousts her queen. Uh, You can see the, uh, kind of the, you remember the story of Hagar. When she became pregnant, she began to mock Sarah. And she was full of pride. It's these sort of things that, what's what's common among these things is they're out of order. They're things that are, are, that really shouldn't be. They somehow have supplanted themselves beyond what God had planned for them. This reminds me of uh, Moses, who was blessed. Oops, sorry. Come on, there we go. Moses, he was miraculously delivered into royalty from birth. Y'all remember the story. Uh, his mother puts him in a raft in the Nile and Miriam follows that down and it ends up with God's providential hand into the princess. And he's adopted into the royal family. And he's raised up and given all the, the luxuries of royalty in a, a first-class education. And Moses, it, it's it's. Uh, Acts 7 tells us that that Moses knew his calling. He knew he was favored of God. And so he he left that royalty and went to be with his own people. But Moses, when he saw an Egyptian oppressing one of his own, he took matters into his own hands. He stepped outside of God's will. He said, I'm going to be the nation's deliverer, and this is how I'm going to do it. And so he murdered the Egyptian. It's much like these others that have stepped outside of God's bounds, stepped outside of God's timing, stepped outside of God's will. Moses took matters into his own hands. And I I wonder how many times we take matters into our own hands. That we feel a call of God or we feel ambitious about something and we say, I, I'm just tired of waiting. Let me just step out and do this. Great intentions, Moses, but not the right time. I remember, uh, I'll share a story about when I was at work uh, a few years ago. I had really been praying to the Lord for a promotion. I felt I was ready. You know, I felt a little ambitious, And I thought, miraculously, I moved into a really high-profile project. For the first time, I was reporting directly to executives. And the more I tried to promote myself, the more I tried to take control and show what I could do, the more I was pushed down and snubbed. I ended up complaining to my wife you know, I just don't understand. And day after day, she would have to listen to me complain about my job. I don't know if y'all been there before, but I just love my wife. You know, she is not afraid to be honest with me. Yes, and I I just thank God so much for the wisdom that she's given me. She she called me on my bluff. She knows me really well. She said, "You know, if you're so unhappy, why don't you just quit?" I guess all this, you know, just suddenly stopped. And I said, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could, you know, find a, this economy and, and all that. I, I don't know. And it, it caused me to go back and just go to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, why am I doing this? See, I had forgotten my purpose there. I thought it was to build myself up. I thought it was, it was uh, ambition and success in the eyes of the world i'd forgotten colossians 3:23 that whatever i do i should do it in the name of jesus and for his glory god had put me in this workplace not to build myself up but as a mission field to be a missionary to be a representative of jesus so i had to repent i had to go to the lord and say lord i just you know i'm sorry I've been chasing my own ambition, my own success here, getting outside of your timing, thinking that this was just an answer of prayer, so let me go take it. Now, I've changed my attitude, I've changed my mind. I, I now go, not not with seeking my own glory, my own success, I go every day just trying to build up God's reputation, saying I'm a Christian man and I'm going to act with humility, I'm going to act with integrity, I'm going to act with love, and I'm going to act with wisdom, I'm going to do the best job every day. I'm going to obey my leaders and honor them. And it's amazing what God has been able to do in that situation. Suddenly, my perspective changed. I was humbled. And I just wanted to do God a good service. It's a bit like Moses. You know, he wandered, uh, he was exiled after he killed the Egyptian He wandered in the wilderness. He got married, kind of settled down and was herding sheep. And then when the time was just right, he saw the burning bush. He heard God's call. And it's interesting to me that when Moses got to the burning bush, that the Lord said, remove your sandals. This is holy ground. It was to remind Moses that you are human. Put your feet on the ground. I created you. Came from this dirt, Moses. And Moses was humbled. A matter of fact, if you remember the story, Moses said, I don't know if I'm qualified for this. He went from thinking he was the nation's deliverer 40 years earlier to, I don't know if I'm, I'm not a good spokesman, Lord. I mean, can't you send somebody else? What a transformation in, in the in the life of this man. And God used him powerfully to, as you know, to deliver the nation. God put him back in the presence of royalty of this time as God's redeemer, as God's spokesman, to lead a nation out. And when we read the closing passages of Numbers, we read about Moses, it says that Moses ended up being the most humble man. And I thought, what a great story of going from rags to riches to rags to he was the most humble man. And yet, we remember him as being a faithful man. One of the greatest prophets and deliverers the Bible has. So what is it about The lizard. What is it about Joseph? What is it about Moses? Well, the lizard, like we talked about, is just doing, being a lizard. And yet it's vulnerable in the presence of royalty. And Joseph was being Joseph. He was being faithful right where he was. He knew he had a purpose. One of my favorite biblical heroes really is Paul. And Paul knew the value of being weak. He wrote to the Corinthians that after he had received so much revelation, so many visions, that the Lord humbled him. And after he complained to the Lord, Lord, just take this pain away, take this suffering away. The Lord said, my power is perfected in weakness. Perhaps that's one of the lessons that we can learn from the lizard is that being vulnerable in the midst of royalty might be a good thing. Uh, My work, as I mentioned, is a mission field. You know, I, I really believe that God has brought me there for a purpose. And obviously it's not to build up myself. But it's to build up His name. And I I want to pose the question out, no, no matter where you are in life right now, if you might be retired, and are you utilizing your, your time well for the Lord? Are, are you, I, I, I've talked to one person that said, you know, now that I'm retired, I'm able to go to mission trips. What a great thing. Saying, this season and this life, I'm not going to use it just to benefit myself. Let me use it to benefit the kingdom. Guys like me who are in mid-career, what are we doing? I know we've probably lost a, lost a few things, lost a few battles. We've learned a few lessons. We've gained a little wisdom. But have we discovered our purpose? Do we remember our purpose? Are we staying focused on the prize and the goal? And young men, we're just starting out. What is our ambition? Is it doing everything for the Lord or is it just building us up? I know uh, back in my youth I was constantly trying to build myself up until the Lord gave me a rude awakening. And that's when I came back to him. Realized that just like the lizard, I'm vulnerable. Let's take a look a, bit, a little bit more at the Apostle Paul. He's one of my heroes. In, in, I found so much value in having a life verse. From one of my heroes, I, I, you know, what was Paul all about? I mean, he's, he's just, to me, was just one of the greatest examples of faith. He started off with great ambitions, persecuting the church. He was thinking he was doing God a favor until Jesus stopped him in his tracks. And then the Lord said that, you will be my messenger to both Jews and Gentiles, and you'll speak amongst royalty. You'll speak to kings, and you'll be imprisoned. What a promise. You know, uh, you'll be imprisoned, and yet you'll speak to royalty. You'll learn how to suffer for my sake. But it's so amazing to me how Paul took that vision, took that goal, and took that word, and just ran with it. And never look back. When he's facing, gone his way to Jerusalem, he told the Ephesian elders, he said, But I count my life of no value to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. This is a vision that I've taken on my own. It's really, I don't hold my life of much account. If I just did everything on my own, it really wouldn't be of much value in the end. Like Paul, I just want to be faithful with this one thing. Wherever God puts me, I want to give a good testimony to the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. I want to live that out. Here's some of the secrets to Paul's success. He writes to the Philippians, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of it. That's maturity, perfection. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue my goal, the prized, promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So he had a vision, he had focus, he stayed on point. I think it's so easy for us guys when we're going through life to get distracted to not to forget that we're vulnerable to forget our own weaknesses to forget our own source of strength we could learn a lot from the rock badgers who know their source of protection we can learn a lot from this lizard who knows they're vulnerable and yet finds himself in the presence of the king. Paul writes later on in Philippians, his secret to success, he was able to be content in whatever circumstance God had put him to be. He says, I've known prosperity and I've known poverty. Poverty. I've known how to be hungry, and I've known how to be filled. Abundance and suffering, all because Paul knew his purpose. He had a vision that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not my own strength. It's not my, my own power. It's utilizing the gifts and the power God has given me faithfully. It's remembering, just like a lizard, let me be vulnerable. Let me be weak. I just might find myself in the midst of royalty. You know, um, like I said, there there are a diverse group here. I know we have some retirees We have some young men, midlife, some other guys that are going through transition and through change, whether it's a loss of a job, divorce, loss of a loved one. Let's remember Joseph's example, too, that in the midst of his suffering, God had him in control. God had him in the palm of his hands. So no matter where we are in our circumstances, let us remember and learn from Joseph that we might not understand what's going on. We might be sold into slavery, betrayed by our brothers. We might be falsely accused of something. But let us remember that God does have a plan. He has a purpose for us. And I think it's very important that we learn Some of the lessons from Moses, not to get sidetracked. Not to do things out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But also, even though we're properly motivated to do something for the Lord, let's not get out of his timing. But this is also an example of redemption. Because, like me, I got sidetracked. Like Moses, he got sidetracked. Yet 40 years later, God was able to redeem that. God was able to build his character and utilize him, prepared this time to lead the nation out. So take hope. If you've stepped outside of God's will, if you've stepped outside of God's timing, allow him to humble you and build your character. Don't lose hope. His call is irrevocable. lessons we can learn from Paul, he found value in weakness. It was the greatest blessing to him to be weak and let God be strong in him. He was bold. He was courageous. Most of all, he was content with his circumstances. So, What's uh, the big idea here? Well, we're small and vulnerable, yet through Christ, we are privileged to be in the presence of the king. Much like that lizard. Much like that odd lizard that was in my loft. Much like a lizard in the midst of royalty. We were small and vulnerable, especially in comparison to the Lord. And yet we find ourselves through the grace of God, through the blood of Jesus, in the presence of the King. What a privilege. What an honor. By grace, we are saved. So, it's a reminder to us, let us be faithful right where we are. Let us not forget our purpose. Let us be purposeful in seeking the honor of the Lord. And let us be content. Like Paul, just to be in the presence. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Center of Houston's First Baptist Church. For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day.